welcome. We are back. Welcome to the Inspiring Educators Podcast, a space where you can let go, learn, laugh, and be inspired. Let's first begin with introductions of our inspiring educators. Inspiring educators, introduce yourselves. That's amazing. That's amazing. And welcome back. And shout out again to season four. Y'all, we're in season number four. What a blessing. Your boy, Jadrian Grimes, Coach J, ATL, Atlanta, Georgia. You can follow me on Twitter at my first name and last name at Jadrian Grimes. That's at J-A-D-R-I-E-N-G-R-I-M-E-S. Community and Civic Engagement Manager for Hands on Atlanta right here in the ATL. What am I grateful for? Life and health as well as it is. With so much going on right now, my mantra every day that I wake up with is, A, I want to live a life on purpose. I want to have purposeful days. And I want to make sure I'm living a life on assignment, not necessarily tied to my personal agenda, but what I'm assigned to do for that day. Don't take life for granted. Every breath that you get, the cliche statement is live every day like it's your last. It's a real thing now. So if you're not moving and shaking and doing what you want to do and being impactful and inspiring every day, you're just existing. So make sure you're living, you're inspiring someone else along the way. Hey, everybody, it's Lila Noor, the educator motivator coming to you from Los Angeles, California. You can find me on all social media platforms at Miss Lila Noor. That's at M-S-L-A-I-L-A-N-U-R. I'm currently an instructional coach, I'll say. You know, I have a lot of titles. I work a lot of jobs. I'm also in school right now. So you know what? Let's go ahead and segue to that other part of our podcast that I love so much. And that's when we like to start with what we're grateful for. And we like to do it so that we give you something to think about as well, as we're constantly thinking about what we're grateful for as we move through this space we call education, right? And for this episode, I want to say I'm grateful for starting on this journey of getting educated again, right? So (laughs) I am back in school. I'm getting my admin credential It's definitely a new thing for me to be back in school. I'm struggling, I'm sleepy, but I am very inspired to continue learning again. I'm one of those people who needs to keep learning and (laughs) in order to keep learning, if that makes sense. And so I'm very grateful to be in that space and in this moment. This is your boy, Dr. Christopher J. Childs, your favorite teacher, favorite teacher. I do what I do best, talk trash on this microphone as a mathematics educator. (laughs) Ha ha! Just a little something different as we switch it up, bring you greetings from Central Florida, Central Florida, right near Disney World, depending upon what time they shoot off fireworks and we're recording an episode. Any given moment, you can hear fireworks from my house for Disney World just to show you how close one day I may go live on my social media stream so you can see the fireworks. That's the perfect segue. What are my social media streams? At DRK Childs. Check me out on every single social media platform there is, there has been. And there will ever be, I have that name on lock. If you try to get that name, I'm going to disable your account and send you a virus. That's what I do best. What am I grateful for? A lot of things I can be grateful for in this world. I like how Dr. J, yeah, I call him Dr. J for this episode, pointed out he is grateful for life. I am grateful in the moment just for help, just for help. And however that may be, because a lot of folks aren't waking up every day. And I'm just grateful to be here. And that means I got something else to do. So I'm going to piggyback on my guy, Jay. Now, 
As I piggyback on him, I want to change gears, switch topics, turn the car a little down this side street as we jump into this hot topic. This episode, this is going to be the best episode ever because on this episode, we do something we tell students all the time in our respective classroom environments. We tell, I don't even want to say students, y'all. Let me reframe that. We tell children. And why am I reframing children? One of my good friends, I know I said Dr. J with J.J. messing with him, but I do have a good friend in the education space named Dr. Jill Griffin. And they always challenge me. Anytime I say the word students, they say, Chris, that's so formal. They're really children. And when you really think about it, they're children. So reframing this whole piece of students to their children. And it makes you look at them differently. It makes you think of the, about them different. It allows you to make different decisions. But on this episode, we're going to do something that we tell children to do all the time, dream. And some of you have heard the thing, shoot for the moon. If you miss, you're still amongst the stars. So on this episode... We want everyone to dream with us. How would you change education? How would you change education? We're just going to dream for a couple moments on this episode and really just think the sky is the limit, but go beyond. I'm going to start with what I'm going to do for educators. So this is about inspiring educators, right? So I want you to just be like, you know, you're here with me off top, boom, doubling salaries, right? I know maybe you're like, ah, but like would have doubled. No, let's just start. When we started, we're doubling salaries off top. That's what we're doing. Here's another thing. Full hour lunches. Did you hear me? For an entire hour, you get to eat. Not just 30 minutes, not 25. You get an entire hour to eat some food. That's just where I'm going to start. And that to me just feels like a beautiful space to be in as an educator. If I could just dream big and give something to everybody. I'm doubling your salary and I'm giving you two hours to eat your lunch. What we got next, Jay? Ooh, doubling that salary. I like that. Who wouldn't approve of that? But since we're dreaming, Dr. Childs and Miss Norris, since we're dreaming, what about a four-day work week? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Now you have Friday. Saturday and Sunday to reset, relax, do what you want to do. I think there's some places in Europe where they actually do that. And studies have shown that it's increased productivity, have better employee engagement, right? Improve well-being, like your livelihood. But check this out. Y'all know I live in the A. So if I went down to the mayor's office and said, hey, let's have a four-day work week and educators were down there it's going to reduce traffic because if we're not coming to work on Friday in a town with 6 million people, then it's going to reduce traffic for other folks. And they're able to go to their for-profit jobs and do their jobs effectively. Right. So I'm an advocate of a four day work week. The question I want to push in on that four day work week, should it be a four day work week for teachers or could it be just throwing out there since we're dreaming Four days with students and then one day no students. So you can just plan and collaboratively work together. No students for one full day. And I know a lot of listeners are saying, oh, that's great. But what about childcare? You know, a lot of people feel the education system is childcare system. We could create a childcare system that works just for that one day that no students in school because all the teachers are doing some PLC planning. So we could create a system like a YMCA. You think about your community centers. Hey, on Fridays, we need all hands on deck to make sure these students are protected, they're safe, and they're fed. And that really rethinks and reimagines the educational system. I want to push a little bit further. I like how 
Lila said double salaries. Some people are gonna joke with what is double of nothing? That's still nothing, Lila. But we know everybody's not getting zero being paid as an educator. My idea is this at the K-5 level, pre-K-5 level, there should be two certified teachers in every classroom and a paraprofessional and smaller class sizes. So I'm not saying make the class sizes larger, should be small class sizes. That way, at the elementary level, you're only responsible for having two areas of content expertise. You're not trying to learn all of them. You have like two each. Then at the 612 level, you have a certified teacher. Every certified teacher has a paraprofessional in the classroom with them. That way, again, still smaller class size across the board, but you have support in a classroom with you and you're not feeling overwhelmed because you got a paraprofessional that can help you out. And then if you're in the K-5 area, you got another certified teacher in the room with you at all times. What else can we dream about? Let's go. I'm with that. I'm with that mostly because especially that four day week where we're planning collaboratively, teachers always say we don't have enough time to do this collaborative work. How do we schedule it in? We have to do this and that. I love being able to do that as well as having a space or something scheduled or structured for students to do because most visions and missions at most schools talk about producing, you know, productive citizens of our community and this and that. Well, how about we get our students involved, our children, my apologies, our children involved in the communities that they live in or communities that they don't live in, right? I'm with all that. I like that. I think if we did the four-day work week, I love the, what if it's a nine to 12 planning on Friday? Because I've heard a lot of folks say that, you know, hey, planning time isn't effective. Whether you get 30 minutes or 60 minutes in some spaces, is it really 30 minutes of planning? Is it really 60 minutes of planning? So if you really had time to focus in, you got three hours, grade level planning, whatever that looks like for you, I think that would be super dope. So I'm all about the four-day work week and planning on Fridays. I'm going to switch it up. We're talking about work week. Lila said doubling salaries. I was talking about doubling personnel. How about, let's not only double salaries, let's overcompensate educators and the educational system as a whole. The education system should not be struggling for money. We shouldn't be looking like, oh my gosh, that light bulb is out. Who's going to fix it? Teachers should not be sending out lists. Hey, parents, we need to do a supply drive or I don't have blank. Schools should be overly funded, just like we fund the military, we fund the police. I know folks like, oh my gosh, you're going there? Yeah, I'm going there. Because it's all about writing a check. That is all we're advocating for. And we shouldn't have to advocate for that if we really want it to be a better educational system. But if we don't care about the educational system, we keep doing things year after year the same way. But at what point are we willing to push for adequate funding in the educational system? And don't say we don't have money. We were in a war in Afghanistan for 20 something years and a lot of people made a lot of money. Forget the war. A lot of people made a lot of money off of that quote unquote war. What if that funding would have went into educational investment? What if the funding we use for police departments going to educational investments? One thing I've noticed, the higher socioeconomic status communities, you have a different type of crime. Crime still happens, but it's not at the levels of a low socioeconomic status community. Education can change that. But do we really want to change or do we really want to just make some change in the system? There should be a federal mandate set forth to where all major corporations send a percentage of their revenues to the education system in the areas that they're being profitable in. 
I'm going to leave it at that. Mm. I like that. I really do like that. I'm going to say that we need to rethink the tenure system along with ongoing professional development as we see it. And it's not just a hodgepodge of random things that, you know, going forth, we're looking at structured professional development that is nationwide. And this whole tenure after two, three years, you can't be fine. Ah, ah, no, no, we got to cut that. And I know I'm going to get a lot of pushback on that. Are you going to be mad at me? That's okay. But I feel like the system that we're in right now where we have educators that are not reaching their full potential, thus not allowing or supporting students in reaching their full potential because of our inadequate professional development system, as well as this tenure that we got in place. I don't believe that I should just be set in my job after three years, like I just got it together. So let's think about this. If you had three things, I'm going to put some pressure on my co-hosts. How would you change education? We change it. We're going to change it for that. You only get three wishes. I don't know why in the movies you always get three wishes. If you had three wishes, what would your three wishes be? I know our listeners, you all are educators, like, whoa, we're going to give them wait time. We're going to give them some wait time. But jump in. You get three wishes. What are your top three wishes? Educators, imagine if one of us was like the three wish person for the entire education community. What are those three wishes going to be? Oh, and what you need to do after this, you're going to actually write us on social media and you're going to vote for who has the best three wish system, right? So that's what we're going with. So now we're going to for each other. So my three wishes, my three wishes for this system would be double the salary, smaller class sizes, and paid collaborative time throughout the week for teachers. That's dope. I like that. I'm standing on mandated, federally mandated, revenue, profit sharing, whatever that looks like. Google, Amazon, Microsoft, banks, Wells Fargo, if you want to come to my city, a portion of your revenue goes to the educational system in this town. Of course, I'm an advocate of four-day work weeks, right? That's what I came out the gate with, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We could plan on Fridays. And guess what on Fridays? Here's my third one. We have a wine and cigar vending machine in the school. It only can be used on Fridays. There's a secret code that you have that you can only access it on Fridays to where you could get Miomi, get your cab, you get your <laughs> whatever. And right beside it, you get your Padron 1926, 20th of Oliva V. Milanio. And when you get off at 12, at 12.05, we have a little section over here under the tree with fans and all this good stuff. And you can just sit out there and kick flame before it's time for you to go home because you deserve a drink after the week that you had going into the weekend. Those are my three things. I'm screaming because I don't know what any of those words were. <laughs> and Jay was so adamant. I love that for him. I love that. <laughs> now, I'm going to push in. Lila, do you want to redo yours? Because I believe Jay was playing to the audience. I don't think he was playing to the rules. Like, he took the rules and totally dream. Do you want to change one of yours? before I go and then we wrap up this piece. That's a real thing, man. Like, I had that. I didn't say it wasn't real, but that was catering to the audience. That's a real thing. On Friday, 
I'm not changing it because here's the thing. If you double my salary, I can buy all the cab I want. <laughs> like, and I don't necessarily have to be like, oh, okay, bet the weekend, like give me a nice expensive buy. Yeah, we don't worry about that. My stress levels are down as we talked about before because my class size is kind of hot. No, I'm good. I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it. Go, Chris. Why are you up here? Because you think yours are. I already know how Chris is playing. Chris is sneaky. Let's, let's hear it. Here we go. Very simple. Number one, I will overfund education. I will fund educational systems better than we fund our military systems. <clears throat> Number two, since I made a reference to the military, I will offer paid housing for all educators. Paid housing for all educators. If you're in the military, you know you get paid housing on post and or you get a stipend. So I offer paid housing. And last but not least, I will have year-round schooling. I know a lot of people looking like, what the heck kind of dream is that? If we want to create a better society, we would value education. As Malcolm X stated, education is the passport to the future. Year-round schooling can provide that. We won't worry about the summer learning loss and all those things, those slides, all the different terms that we use. But none of that would occur because we would consistently be providing students a high-quality educational experience throughout the year. That way, they do not feel as though, you know, I got to cram it in. Um, my co-hosts, y'all, are literally pinging me, talking about the first one was cool, but the last one, but the last one's real. If I'm going to dream, I not only want to dream for educators, I not only want to dream for you all, I want to dream for these students. Because at the end of the day, if you know me, I only care about every child receiving a high-quality educational experience. As we consider every child having a high-quality educational experience, what I want to do is motivate you all to keep going and doing what you're doing. I know we joked around on this episode, more of a fun episode of just dreaming, but how do we bring these dreams into reality? And I want to leave you with something, a little talk that I'm giving this year is called, if not you, then who? If not you, then who? While we're dreaming on here, we're having fun. At the end of the day, every decision that we discuss as our top three, someone can make that decision. Someone can make that happen. And my question is, are you playing the necessary role that you need to play in bringing about change? Or are you just one of those folks that just want to complain and not do what you need to do? You have to be willing to be the squeaky wheel. You have to be willing to be that next generational leader, because if it's not you, then who? And then also start considering who are you let telling you no, that can't be done. I refuse to let anyone tell me no if they don't have the power to tell me yes. So if I'm talking to you and you tell me, no, Chris, we can't do that. Well, do you even have the power to tell me yes? Oh, no, you don't. So why are you telling me no? So stop listening to folks that don't have that kind of power to create the changes we want. As we pointed out, paying folks more money. Why keep going to folks who can't do that? Go to the ultimate decision makers. And then if they won't do it for you, guess what? You become the ultimate decision maker. Play your position, plot your promotion. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to if not you, then who? Because what I've learned in this field, and I've had the opportunity to work at various levels in education, you ultimately leave from where you're at. There's no mythical higher education, K-12 education, principal, administrator, superintendent, education, Cesar. There's nobody. No matter what you think, in the moment, you are the leader from where you're at. And you have to do what you need to do if you want to create a better educational system. Or we keep making excuses and keep punting and kicking the ball or kicking the can, as they say in the South, to the next generation. If not you then who? It's time to dream, but it's also time to bring those dreams to reality. This has been the Inspiring Educators Podcast, the number one educational podcast, not in America, not in the world, but in the universe. 
and we're O-U-T out. We'll see you on the next episode. Season four. We'll holler. Yeah.